this uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. Hello, and welcome back to London is Blue, Blue Royalty Edition. We are coming to you in the women's international break with a little bit of an October mailbag, just so you've still got some Chelsea women's content coming your way, even though. Uh, there isn't much. Well, there is actually some football on Kings Meadow, but that, that's another story. There's no Chelsea football at Kings Meadow right now. Uh, and I'm joined for this um, by a familiar voice who we haven't heard recently. I was going to say face, but no one else can see your beautiful face, Nick, but uh, we can. Uh, Nick Fellaini, because um, we're back on a Sunday pod. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's It's good to be back. Obviously, it's been... Uh, quite the schedule shakeup over the last few weeks with all the different pods that have gone on. And uh, it's a lot more convenient for you guys to record on Monday. But the, the fun part about Mondays for me is that I I work uh, my day job during that, that time. So it's been a little harder to get on. But couldn't agree more. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's good to be back. Obviously, um, we're, we're doing a lot of fun stuff with the show this year that we'll talk about as, as we get into it. But Good to be back and good to have another familiar face and and dulcet tones of one Ollie Glanville on the show as well. Yeah, hi guys, how are we doing? Dulcet tones are back. Let's go. <laughs> and with the great background too, I love that. That's a real highlight. Of, I I need to get a better background. I think Ollie's got background goals. He's got a nice like thing where he's floating in front of King's Meadow. <laughs> I got a dynamic one as well. I'll send me away. <laughs> but we are going to be going we put a call out for questions you answered the call so we're going to be going through with a couple of the things that is on your minds at the moment that are on our minds at the moment gonna kick right off right into it with quite a meaty one i think from from jc at ganazinga of the players with contracts expiring next summer who can we least afford to lose now, this question meant that I had to run through all the pages of Chelsea websites to try and figure out who was out of contract next summer. And oh my God, there are a lot. Ooh, so with apologies, if, if I've missed something or someone signed and I didn't know, but this is who I've got down. Um, Nick, I'll, I'll come to you first in, in terms of once I've read this list, who can we least afford to lose? So Chira Musevich, Jess Carter, Maren Mielda, Magda Eriksson, Neve Charles, Sophie Ingle, Melly Loipoltz, Jesse Fleming, Aaron Cuthbert, and Penela Harder. So that's 10. That's basically a whole... That's a squad. That starting <laughs> 11 could probably come second in the WSL behind, like, the, the other half of our 11. It's, it's a... I, I think this is part of the, the product of the ownership changeover, is that there have been so, there have been so many tasks for bullying Co. to achieve that looking at all of the contracts that are expiring on on every team, right? Men's, women's, youth has been something that's desperately needed some attention. Hopefully now that we're getting into the season and, and really talking about a technical director and perhaps a sporting director at some point, this will become a lot easier to manage. Uh, but of that list, I think it's a pretty clear answer to me, which is Erin Cuthbert. Um, she is the only person who does that job effectively in the team right now, which is basically be everywhere all the time in midfield. Uh, she has scored really crucial goals for the team. She is a bulldog in midfield and gives us some added bite uh, that we need. And I think what I've been most impressed with, with her this year is that when the cards are, are stacked against the team, she seems to be the one that is like leading out of that fog. Like she is very comfortable backs against the wall and, there are going to be a lot of games this year where we need that sort of mentality. And so I look at Aaron Cuthbert 
young, entering the prime of her career, and is just a, a phenomenal personality, let alone a phenomenal player. Not to mention someone who's obviously been at the club for, for a really long period of mm-hmm. her career. And we don't have that many players in our senior squad right now who are like academy products. And obviously Erin Cuthbert isn't, you know, technically a Chelsea academy product. She is very, very Scottish. Um, but I think the, t- <laughs> the amount of time she spent at the club kind of means we've really seen her develop as a player. And I think that's, you know, something else that's really important to the way that that whole squad could hear is not to mention, yeah, I totally agree, Nick, the her role on the pitch is we know that area is is thin already and you know, it's something that I think we're really seeing her at the start of the journey where she could become truly elite. So it would be a real shame to lose her when we've maybe spent that time developing her into into this kind of more defensively minded position. But Ollie, um Nick's had Aaron, so you can't say Aaron even if you think about it. Yeah, um, I'm afraid you have to come up with someone else. <laughs> Fortunately, there's loads of players you can pick from still. So who who are you going to be most upset by if you see them walking out the door on a free in the summer of 2023? Um, there are some massive names in Chelsea women's history in there. You know, thinking about Magda Marin, Aaron obviously has been here a really long time. Sophie has been here a while as well. Jess. Um, where we put her young as well. Um, I think probably Magda for me, if you're not going to say Erin, just because of what she represents to the club and kind of how proud we are to have her as captain and that kind of, that stuff she sells off the pitch in terms of like the brand of Chelsea and what we export to the rest of the world is so powerful, right? So if she was to go... Um, and I don't think she will, <laughs> not immediately anyway. I think another name on the list might be a bigger uh, victim first, but um, it would be really, really tough to replace the person, right? Because mm-hmm. we always say in terms of Chelsea women, and Emma always says it as well, that her axiom is like, we buy good people, not just good players, right? And Magda's such a proponent of that. Um so, yeah, I think Magda would probably be the biggest miss just because she's captain of the club as well, right? I, I don't know, Jesse. For me, like, you, you have you have Aspie and you have Magda at the club, who I think just from a representation standpoint are two of our best people represent the club through an incredibly difficult time over the last year, uh, do all of the intangible things that a captain needs to do, which is shake hands, kiss babies, be available for media, take it on the chin. Like, do, do I mean, really, like, people don't understand that part of the job. It's not just whether you can be John Terry and yell at people on the field, right? Like, that's not it. It's all the other stuff. It's be, it's, it's doing the uncomfortable interviews. It's uh, going to every marketing event. It's, you know, it, and some people have the mentality for that job and the temperament for it, and some people don't. And she does. And, and that's been part of her growth as a, as a player at Chelsea. Yeah, and they also have to go to business school together. I didn't don't think that's actually a requirement of, of the captaincy, but quite a fun thing for, the, for them to do. <laughs> I mean, but it probably tells you a lot about them both as people and, and maybe why yeah. they've been so successful as uh, as captains of the club. I think for me, I'll go, I'll go a bit left field, but I would be really sad to see Jesse Fleming go, just mm-hmm. because for me that would represent a real failure on the part of Chelsea I think to have unlocked what we all know is an incredibly talented player and I think we're all aware that you know she's 
not got the minutes and she seems to have the kind of personality where she's not going to be in the dressing room throwing a hissy fit about that and part of me does kind of trust that there's an ongoing conversation between Fleming and Hayes about you know what her development looks like and I think in some ways Erin Cuthbert's a great model for that who's someone who's come through at a similar age and is now you know first name on the team sheet Whereas two seasons ago, she was in more of a a similar position, I think, to Fleming of not necessarily getting those minutes, being behind players like Kirby, say, in the pecking order. But I think it's been interesting, even at the start of this season, that we've maybe not seen Fleming so much. And I don't know if she's just a bit of a victim of, of Lauren James and Lauren James having such a good start to the season. But that's a player whose quality, I think means she should be and and now the age she's getting to should be starting a lot of games and I wouldn't necessarily blame her if she did want to move on at the end of her contract given that but I think it would be a real shame that we didn't manage to see her hit the heights that I think she can hit and I would say that you know the really important point here is we've got to keep the Jesse quota high in the Chelsea mm-hmm. absolutely you know, it's, 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 it's very really important Exactly. Ollie hit the nail on the head. It's really about analytics, and it always has been. Uh, But, no, I mean, it's it's complete. It would be a complete and utter failure uh, if if Jesse Fleming didn't uh, break through at Chelsea. And all you have to do is look at Lauren this season to understand, like, what a little bit of game time in a row can do for a player, right? I mean, you, you grow in confidence. You grow in ability. You... Uh, get a feel-good factor. You learn where your teammates' tendencies are with an extended run in the team. I think the problem that Jesse has is uh, that a couple of really insanely talented players have always been right in her way. And that's Sam Kerr, that's Frank Kirby, that's Guro, who's had a phenomenal uh, run in the team too. And it's been, it's like difficult, I think for me, uh, to our Jesse here uh, to understand like where she fits in that equation. Like, is she a forward? Is she an advanced, you know, playmaking midfielder? Is she someone who can operate on the wing? Like I, I think she's a bit of a tweener right now and I'm trying to understand, I think better, like where her best role is so that she can get consistent minutes in that role. Yeah. I think what would be interesting, I've kind of seen her as someone who can play sort of an eight or a 10 Mm-hmm. Role within midfield, and it will be interesting to see if we are playing more with a ten or with a four three three with two kind of free eights. That that is a system I think that suits her a lot more naturally than when we were doing the three four three, because mm-hmm. I don't think she necessarily works that well as a pivot player. And you know when we've seen her do the pivot thing with Erin Cuthbert, I think it can be a fun idea, and. But it, it's a lot of... I don't think you get the best out of either of them by having them both kind of play in those two roles, whereas I think you do want Jesse kind of slightly further forward. But, yeah, I definitely think it, it's going to be really interesting season for her to see how and what her role develops as. But, you know, the one thing I think we can say about Emma Hayes is she does always have a plan for these players. And even if it's not necessarily clear to us at the time, it tends to become clear. It's very rare, I think, that you truly see players, you know, come out of the club. And, you know, it's not like the high profile examples you get on the men's side, you know, your De Bruyne's, your Salas, where you're like, wow, there's 
you know, egos and ego clash or like a misinterpretation of those players has just led to them not having a fit. That very rarely happens on the women's side. It tends to be players do move on when they're either not at the standard or their careers are kind of like on the decline. But that's obviously something that will change, I think, as time goes on, because the the women's market's changing as well. It's also interesting, too, though, because like typically there's like the year grace period it feels like for some of these like younger players and like you look at lauren last year barely played barely saw the field last year um but clearly there was a plan there because now she's torching everything um so but it's it's been interesting though because jesse's been there thereabouts for a couple of years now like and i would have expected more consistent game time as a result of that than there maybe has been and i'm, I'm just curious like I don't know, Ollie, if, if you think about this, but I'm curious if it's just the talent in front of her or if it's something else, if it's just like the way the team's set up and how they best utilize her skills and talents or something. Yeah, I think I think Jesse mentioned it. It is it is a kind of fit issue. I think um, she's she's good enough to play roles that she doesn't necessarily suit. And I think that's to the detriment of her because uh, to her detriment, rather, because, you know, Emma is looking for players who will kind of take one for the team sometimes. And she often seems to be a sort of player who will put up her hand a bit like Erin to say, look, if I'm going to get game time, I'm happy to play there. But if we think back to when, you know, Sam was out, uh, when Fran was out for a long time, um, Jesse was a really big player for us. Her and Panillo kind of carried us for mm-hmm. a lot of the league at that point. Right. Um, and that was... I think boosting her confidence wise, but I think if you give her that importance in the squad, then maybe that brings more out of her. Maybe it's a kind of maximal effect or, you know, it's a multiplier where if you say, you know, you are my playmaker here and maybe it's just because some of the players are out. Right. But if you give her that option and you, and you give her that role, then maybe she plays up to it. Um, and maybe that means, you know, she might not get that here, but I think there is a space for her. Absolutely. And maybe part of Emma's kind of experimentation going forward, because, you know, as Jesse always says, um, Emma says essentially, um, if it's not broken, break it kind of thing. Right. (laughs) She still has that kind of, um, aspect to her personality. I think with a player like Jesse Fleming, she is a hundred percent good enough to keep experimenting, to find a role for her, right? If it is, you know, next to Fran as one of the tens behind the forward line or as the one of the free eights uh, going forward, I think there's absolutely space for experimentation. And I think she's absolutely worth um, experimenting for. Well, fingers crossed that's something we see a bit more across the season. Um, for now, we are going to take a quick break. Thanks to our sponsors for supporting the show and we will be right back. Nick, I'm going to come straight back into you because you've got something exciting to say. As I always do. Um, so of course. I, Sorry. <laughs> I should have made that clear. Just an entertainment wizard over here. <laughs> um, no, no, we're really excited. Uh, what, there's a little bit of a change happening with Blue Royalty, and it's it's a really good problem to have. Uh, you guys have helped this show grow so much over the last year that we are moving it to its own feed over the next couple of weeks, and it is super exciting uh, that we're going to have a little bit more creative white space in that way um, to, to you know cover the women's team more thoroughly than we did even last year. That means 
every match will have a review. That means that Jesse's put a plan together for, for previews, for special interviews, and a bunch of other great content. And so over the next, call it 30 days, you'll start to see that migration happen. We're still going to publish in the London is Blue feed for a little bit just to make sure that it's not a uh, cold turkey sort of transition. But uh, it's really exciting stuff, and it means that you guys help support this thing to a level that allows us to flex a little bit more with the content. So uh, just a massive thank you, first of all. And second of all, look for that change. We're gonna communicate it uh, very obviously and almost annoyingly over the next 30 days so that everyone understands what's happening. But uh, yeah, it's a very, very important move for us. And we're very excited to give the uh, the creative white space to, to Jesse and co. Yeah, it's going to be a really exciting time and thanks everyone for, you know, having given your ears and your support that's kind of allowing us to do this, um, letting us know that apparently you do want to hear more of our fun Chelsea women waffle and that's what you'll be uh, getting. So yeah, it's going to be a really exciting time, I think, to to see what kind of extra content we, we can put out and really be at the forefront, I think, of, you know, women's club, women's football podcasts. So, But we'll go back to some questions now. Uh, next one from former guest last week's guest actually at carl on carpenter ollie i'll come to you on this one as we reach the stage in the season with champions league football cup competitions etc on top of the league matches what are the areas of the squads that you think will be most prone to rotation and how will that affect the team shape and cohesion side of things like obviously last year we saw emma hayes do this slightly weird thing in the wsl didn't we where she almost had this shadow team who she play for the first half and then decide they weren't very good and have to bring on all our starters do you do you think we're going to get something like that this year maybe or do you think she might take more of a hybrid approach yeah i i think um emma was going very experimental with a kind of hybrid like pre-rest <laughs> selection it's like we know who we're trying to rest but we're gonna play yeah, it's very very strange, um, and Emma's soon changed it. But um, I think in terms of most prone to rotation, I think we've covered it really. I think it's probably in midfield, right? I mean, it, we've not sorted out that that area of the pitch, um, you know, with with the absence of Melly uh, and with kind of Sophie's declining form. Uh, we've got Erin uh, there at the moment. We've tried it alongside Jesse Fleming we tried it alongside Sophie um you know we might see other options there like fit cover potentially or whatever going forward right there's going to be a lot of experimentation in that role um I also think as always <laughs> the wide the wide players are going to see a lot of rotation um you know we see that we have many many wide options and they're all at a very high level uh, you think of like Neve Charles, Lauren James, Gura Wrighton, Svikva, Shankovic, uh, there are so many. So to me, and and obviously Canarid, um, to me, those are clear options that Emma needs to kind of sort out the, not the shadow squad as we had last season, but the kind of game by game basis of we can put out this squad, who's good enough to beat these and who is kind of motivated enough to take that fight to these teams because that's another aspect of it. We've seen a lot of complacency, I think, at times. And maybe that's down to some players thinking they do have like first choice in in those roles. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see. But I think midfield 
centre midfield and then the wide areas are probably going to rotate quite a lot this season. I think there's even a flip side to that around the complacency, not from people in the first team, but maybe people who became part of that second team in commas, where mm. they mm. probably genuinely felt that was all they were going to be. And I think it's interesting that you saw those players, you know, your John Anson's, your Drew Spencer's choose to move on, um, whether yeah. that was kind of the club's idea, their idea some combo of both whereas I think because of the signings we've brought in players like Canarid should feel like if they perform when they get their moments they could break into the first team and I think that hopefully might bring a higher level because I do think there are kind of spots up up for grabs you know obviously Sam Kerr's like pretty untouchable but I think other than that like you would feel if other players were kind of off the pace, maybe Frank Kirby as well, equally untouchable, that that most of those, you know, other players who aren't in the starting eleven right now should think, oh, I could like best this person. Because even if it's someone like, you know, Guru Wrighton, who's obviously amazing and she is very consistent, but you want players to be being pushed. So the reason she's got that consistency is because she's like, well, you know, if I don't have a kind of eight or nine out of 10, there is someone who's stood behind me. I think you have to look at individual players and for the Champions League, ensure that they have fresh legs. Um, I think you could have probably found out last year that, uh, you know, Magda ran out of gas in some games, right? Or, if you're asking Aaron Cuthbert to be in Golo Conte that she doesn't break down halfway through the season. And, uh, you know, I think there are players who need consistent runs in the team. I would probably say like Lauren, Sam, uh, you know, Millie, stuff like that, that we're, you know, playing is their way to stay in form because, you know, that's just who they are. But I think there needs to be rotation for Guru, for example. And, there needs to be rotation for Fran, who clearly hasn't been fit over the last year and a half, two years, uh, just to ensure that they have the ability to finish the season strong. Because I didn't even say in the FA Cup final last year, Jesse, like the team was on their last leg from an effort perspective. It, it, they all looked pretty gassed at the end. They had an incredibly difficult schedule, ran the title all the way to the last day, incredibly emotional end of the season with the ownership changeover and all that stuff. Then the summer tournament... <laughs> Uh, which a lot of them played deeply into. And then you have a World Cup coming up too. So it's hopefully a lot of rotation this year so that people are are fresh and not put into kind of the red zone or, or injury category. Yeah, and we've got a question from, from Ishan, Ishan Shah, which I think also kind of gets, gets to a similar thing, asking, you know, what personnel slash system changes do you expect to see when Peniel Harder returns? Because she's missed the entirety of the season so far we assume she's going to be back soon but there's going to be immediately someone who you would think would would drop out of that lineup nick from the kind of starting that we've seen over the past over the first three wsl games right or not i I mean are you taking lauren out right now are you taking i mean i I think it really depends on who you partner with aaron in midfield and and what role aaron plays is probably the most uh you know I hate to say at risk for Pernell Harder to come back, but like that, that player is probably the the person who uh, gets sacrificed to, to bring Pernell into like that advanced eight or 10 role, which I think she showed some really good prowess in the preseason. I don't know. To me, that makes the most sense, but like there, there are just not that many spots up top if, if everyone's healthy. And it's like absolutely crazy to think that, Pernilla might not make the first choice 11 for a 
you know, every single game, she's like one of the best players in the world. Ollie, what what do you think? Are you are you clearing out that space in the middle to let Penela take to the stage, or are you you know saying let's see how? Because I think the thing for me is I don't think really that much of our attack has covered itself in glory to start yeah. the season. Yeah. But there have been in you know I would say I think France had good games. I think Lauren's obviously had good games. Sam, I think, is just kind of getting... It's, it's weird. It's almost like I can't put my finger and say, oh, this person's been rubbish and they need to come out the team. But you wouldn't say, well, it's working really well right now, so don't change anything, would you? Yeah, I mean, it, it was almost like... It was almost like uh, Peniel was kind of... was the missing piece of the puzzle in each case, but then there wasn't really a missing piece, if that makes sense. It was like, she, she's the knit player in a lot of our, especially our best, most fluid uh, attacking moves, right? When you think of her and Guro linking up down the left or her and Fran, or when we have all three, Fran and, and Sam and, and Penil up front, and then that's very fluid as well. But the reality is that, I mean, on, on the, fir- the first game of the season when... Um, Peniel got injured in the warm-up, right? And we we were all thinking, well, what would be the change that um, that was made? And then uh, Sophie Ingle comes in in midfield, and and Aaron gets pushed higher, and Lauren gets pushed like wide right. And apparently, it was that was completely due to Peniel, and Lauren was going to be more central. Aaron was going to be holding, but then. That was only the tactic in that game, and we don't know if that <laughs> if that was specifically designed for that team, right? So, I I think for Peniel in the in the current setup, I think you like controversially maybe it's just to rotate like with Sam when Sam's out of form. I mean, the the other the other issue is like formation wise, are we playing with that specific front three now, or are we? Are we allowing like Guru to play like left wing back, or are we pushing her further up the pitch? It's 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 tough to kind of nail down what Emma's plan is until Penel is back fit with all the new rotations, and I think that's part of why it's so hard to to formations pick. don't exist in a they world. <laughs> <laughs> They're a myth, um, but yeah, it's it's a tough one. I th- I think Penel has is going to see like a lot of game time this season. She's a world-class footballer, right? Uh, that's that's undeniable. And I think we will see a return to that three of Kirby, um, Kerr and Harder at some point, right? Uh, but in the in the kind of day-to-day WSL stuff, I do wonder if that's more of like a rotation and, and keeping people fresh going forward. And maybe that's maybe that's for the better, you know. Peniel has has had injuries. Sam has mm. had injuries. Fran has had injuries. So maybe these parts do need to be more interchangeable. And maybe we don't, we shouldn't be relying so much on that like really heavy hitting front three um, in games yeah. that we shouldn't need them. Yeah, it will definitely be something to keep an eye out on. I think for after the international break and and when we see Peniel back fit. Going to go a bit more quick fire now. Um, want some sharp, pithy answers from you, Nick, <laughs> on this first one, uh, coming from Rob at RJP Journalism. Do you think Kirby will outscore Kerr this year if she remains on penalty duty and also continues playing in her preferred role as a number ten? No, 
I, I mean, <laughs> like Sam is going to turn it on. She always does. Uh, it was admittedly not a great start to the season for her, but I, I can't see that happening. I agree. I think at this point it is incredibly foolish to think anything other than not foolish. <laughs> Sorry, Rob, I didn't mean to be mean. I just mean that Sam will Sam will get going, and I think you know, Fran. The year she scored loads and loads of goals. It was like an exceptionally hot year for her. And I think Sam's a lot more of a consistent goal scorer. Plus, I don't know if Fran will even still be on penalties when Panil's back or, or anything like that. And also, it'll be Fran's fault. She'll be assisting them all. That's that's true. <laughs> that's exactly right, yeah. Um, Ollie, I'll come to you now. This is from Claudia Bocci, at Claudia Bocci. Do you think we should have kept G for another year just to give Lauren James time to develop and so that she could learn more from her. I can't believe we spent a whole year talking about how Lauren James doesn't play enough and now the implication is that she's playing too much and she needs more time to develop. <laughs> yeah, I think we did, right? I think that was the plan last year. Um, yeah, I I think that's why Lauren started so hot is because, <laughs> is because G gave her that kind of cushion in order for... G walk so Lauren can run this year, basically. <laughs> what I'd say. Yeah, I definitely think that's true, and I think I I understand why people are like sad that G left, but yeah. it was always going to happen at some point, and she was always going to be irreplaceable. I don't think keeping her for an extra year would have made a huge amount of difference with that. The surprise is how quickly Lauren has come into the team and absolutely just started to own that role. I mean, it's not even. You know, the, the goals and, and the, the moves are nice, but some of the passing has just been absolutely incredible. And it's and it's coming from a different angle. It's a different uh, kind of fidelity of pass in a lot of different ways that like in swinging cross from kind of further upfield on the right hand side is something that's a real weapon. And I think will maybe help unlock some of those low block teams that we always seem to struggle with for no reason whatsoever. So. Uh, yeah, Lauren's been absolutely insane to start the year. Um, Nick, I'm gonna. This one's from me. I just wanted to ask you because yeah. we, we you haven't been here much. <laughs> what happens to Jess Carter this year? She's the only player to have played zero minutes in the WSL other than Penelo, who's obviously been injured, and Anique now on. But she played the second most last year after Millie Bright. I don't know. I mean, I, I think the simple answer would be that you bought Kadisha Buchanan and you're playing Millie as kind of a half center back, half right back in a lot of ways and you know Millie's an outstanding defender an outstanding player uh it's it's difficult to say though because then you also bought Eve Parasit and Eve has barely played too uh <laughs> so if you're if you're looking for opportunities for rotation uh to give Millie a little bit of a break or or any any of that backline frankly I think you you have the personnel to do it but it's. I, I imagine it'd be incredibly frustrating for Jess. She didn't play much of the Euros either, um, and then came back to the team after I think having a very uh, improved season last year. I think we all admitted that, including her number one fan Jesse, um, to to really come in and make an impact this year. And it's just didn't even see her in, in preseason very much, which tells me maybe there's something else going on. But uh, also, you know, having to deal with. Uh, AKB's uh, cancer diagnosis and then treatment, I imagine would be incredibly difficult as a partner uh, to go through that with someone too. So maybe it's just kind of a little bit of compassionate uh, time off. I don't know. Yeah. And I think the fact that she's still, you know, in the England squad says 
um, everything, I think, at least about what Serena Wigman thinks about her quality, whereas other players who, who also haven't played minutes maybe ended up dropping out. Um, one more quick question for you, Ollie, and then we'll wrap everything up. This is from Techie Tiger on our Discord. If you were to play in a futsal team, I don't really know what futsal is. Is this like five a side? It's like a small ball, like Brazilian. Small ball, right, type thing. Right. Skills. Which past, which past and current players would you pick to play alongside? Ooh, from the Chelsea women's side? Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, G, definitely. Yes. Yeah, no Always. <laughs> I would have, uh, I think it's five players. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I would have G, I would have Lauren, I would have Millie for fun. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> enough said Millie for fun love that uh, absolutely um, and yeah I would have AKB in, in goal definitely um, Fran because she's a baller um, who else you got your five that's yeah. that's your five I mean I, I think the, the quick answer is you want individually skilled players so I'm looking at every player who could possibly be on the ball. Like, you don't really defend in futsal very much. So I'm probably not taking any of our defenders. I'm just going to kind of do the amorphous blob thing. But I would have G. I would have Lauren. I would have Guro. And I'd probably have Fran uh, in there and just let them be a swarm of bees and just do all sorts of cool flicks and tricks and stuff like that. I think that would be pretty awesome to watch. I think that sounds like a pretty sick team and I think a pretty good way to to, to wrap things up for today. Um, just a quick kind of update. Obviously, it's the international break, but there's been lots of minutes, obviously, for lots of Chelsea players. Uh, the Just two shout-outs I want to do um, for Sophie Ingle and Aaron Cuthbert, both of whom played all the minutes in their extra time wins for Wales and, and Scotland in their World Cup qualifiers. So both uh, are playing... Um, Sophie Ingle with Wales against Switzerland and Erin against Ireland on Tuesday. I can't explain to you whether they'll get to the World Cup if they win because it's very complicated, but they will be one step closer to going to the World Cup or maybe going if they do win. Is so this, keep an is eye this out like for that. the playoffs to get in? Is that what it's they're doing? It's incredibly, incredibly complicated. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but congrats to them. Uh, but for now, we'll be signing off. So, Nick, Ollie, thank you very much for joining me today. Yeah. Great to have a little international break catch up. Nice to be we, back. We will be back on next week because Chelsea are back playing Everton away. So we'll be back catching up about all of that. But until then, you know what to do, Chelsea fans. Keep the blue flag flying.